0: in your money today carolyn wright takes a deep dive into what investors should know about the health of mainland china's industrial sector good morning carolyn good morning The health of China's economy and reaction to recent stimulus measures have been a hot topic of discussion recently here on Money Talk. So in your Money today, I'm going to take a deeper look at what's happening in one key area. That's the industrial sector. I'm joined now by Xiao Feng, who is a research analyst in industrials at CLSA. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me today.
0: So there was a very sluggish start to the year, but industrial output unexpectedly rose in June. How are things looking now? So I think
1: overall, the increase in June data is more driven by the low base impact. Uh, last year, if you can recall last year, this time pretty much all industries were impacted by the Shanghai lockdown. So I see we see some early signs of industrial recovery, like automotive, renewable energies. Uh, those are still very strong. But on the other hand, pretty much all the macro data are pointing to a fairly sluggish Uh, economic growth. So I think overall things will bottom out in the third quarter, but whether or not this is the start of a new cycle remains to be seen.
0: So as I mentioned, there were recently announced stimulus measures. Um, What do they specifically impact around the industrial sector and and how beneficial could they be?
1: So I think most of the recent uh, policy promotions are targeted at stabilising the property market and infrastructure spending. So as of right now, based on pretty much all announced uh, regulations, we believe the impact likely will be very, very modest. Uh, The biggest concern here is the drag from the property market sales, the plunging land sales and the spillover impact to the local government financials. Uh, Just to share some numbers here, 80% of China's infrastructure investment is funded by local government, and most of that are from land sales. So this creates a type of deadlock here that the central government wants the local officials uh, to speed up the projects to help stabilize the economy. But in reality, the local officials just don't have the money.
0: Now, are there any areas amongst the industrial sector that are kind of booking the trend and, and, and actually growing? Where, where are you seeing growth and why is that?
1: So uh, in longer term, we are very bullish on the so-called hard technology-driven sectors like automotive, uh, automotion, uh, robots, new energy and electric vehicles. So a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the main reason is the structural mismatch between the rising unemployment and the lack of skilled labor in China, which are expected to drive a decades of manufacturing upgrades demanding the next 20 years. So that creates a very strong demand, a sustainable demand for automation upgrades and robots. Uh, The second reason is a strong desire for supply chain security, especially considering the geopolitical risks between China and U.S. So the central government is pushing very hard a trend of so-called made-in-China substitution. So that's also benefiting industries like renewable energy and EVs.
0: Okay, so lots going on there. Now, there has been quite a focus recently on supporting the the private sector. Now, how optimistic would you say the sentiment is uh, um, among the companies that you cover following this sort of boost to that, that support for the private sector?
1: So overall, what I heard from most of the companies I cover, they're still fairly cautious, to be honest. Because so in China, the mechanism or the process works in that way that it's much easier to stimulate the public sector. But for private sector, especially for the industrial and the manufacturing sectors, all the policy can only help them stabilize their demand. But it takes really long time for the industrial or the private industrial sectors to recover from a declining PPI. The recent numbers are basically if we see the difference between PPI or the selling price of the industrial manufacturers and the CPI, we are still seeing a huge gap for that number. So that's continued winning on the gross margin of the private sector.
0: One of the things you, you alluded to earlier on was talking about finding staff. Now, youth unemployment numbers in mainland China are pretty pretty bad at the moment. Is there a mismatch between the kind of skills that young people have uh, and whether people see the industrialist sector as somewhere they want to aspire to work in or not?
1: So you're absolutely right. So we talked about uh, the industrial output policy, stuff like that. But I think the unemployment situation especially the young's unemployment for people ranging from 18 to 24 years old. This is a big threat. So the latest data, one of every four to five graduates are unemployed. They couldn't be able to land a job. So that's already including so-called flexible employment, like part-time jobs or going overseas for graduate school, stuff like that. So in reality, the number is much higher in terms of young's unemployment. The near-term cost, I believe, is obviously the shrinkage of the major job-creating industries like property market, education, internet, now it's finance and healthcare. So those are all related with policy tightening. But the root root cause, I believe, is because of the structural unemployment we just talked about. The factories, they have a lot of high-paying, jobs out there, but they just couldn't be able to find the labourers with enough skill set.
0: So there is a big mismatch going on there with, with what people can can do and what companies are requiring. Exactly. OK. Thank you very much for joining me today. That's Xiaofeng giving us a bit of a lowdown of the health of the industrialist sector in mainland China. He's a research analyst in industrials at CLSA. Thank you.